Today's episode is brought to you by Wild, natural deodorant, body wash and shampoo bars. Wild uses clean and natural ingredients in all of their beautiful products, meaning they're good for your body and the planet. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Kate. Oh, she's back, baby. Oh, I'm back. Or are you just coffee laced? Look, I'm like four coffees deep. Girl, girl. I'm caffeinated and thank God I am because, man, I've been so tired and it's not fun for anyone to listen to. So here I am. I'm caffeinated, Kate. Kate. I'm caffeinated, Kate. Kate. I've got my buzz on. Coffee, coffee, coffee. coffee. Wine, wine, wine. (laughs) It's almost wine o'clock. It's about to be wine o'clock every single hour of every single day. So how was your holiday? (laughs) Oh my God, Gem is laughing because we're recording this before I go on my holiday, but I haven't been yet. But by the time you hear this, I would have been. And what is the podcast world? Hey, let's fake it. All right. Hey, Revs, how was your holiday? Oh my God, it was so amazing. Yeah. It was sunny every single day. God, how good. I just had a permanent IV of Aperol spritz in my body. Amazing. And how was the swim up pool bar? Oh, just everything I dreamt of. Did Isla and Teddy have a good time? They didn't fight once. Oh my God. They slept all through the night. There was no adjusting to the new location. Dream. It wasn't just like I was parenting in a novel location. I had a great relaxing time. Oh my God. Travel with kids. Sounds perfect. So much fun. Well, I hope that's how it goes. It's funny, I feel like we could do a whole expose episode about recording a podcast. We could. So back to reality. Yes. What's going on? So I'm experiencing some of those warm, fuzzy parental feels lately. Aww. Yeah, I know. We don't often talk about the lovely side of parenting often. so Almost never. <laughs> so I thought it might be nice to touch on some feel-good things. Yeah, give me a hit of oxytocin. So Rafa is entering that stage of where she's saying things in the wrong context. Oh, cute. And it's just, oh, delicious. it's all, it's all the cute. <laughs> So she got given this new colouring set and it isn't your stock standard. One red, one blue, one green. It's like four shades of blue and four shades of green. And I was trying to explain to her that all those colours are blue. They're just different shades of blue. So this one's a dark blue. And then she picked up a light blue and went, and this is the sunny blue. Because she always associates light with sun. Yes. Oh, that's so cute. And I was like, sunny blue. I love that. I love that. I love when kids take a phrase they hear you say all the time and they just try and casually throw it into a sentence without really knowing what it means. Yeah. I feel like every kid goes through the actually phase <laughs> where they just add actually after everything. Rafa's in a maybe phase. Uh, I'll be like, did you have a good day at daycare today? And she'll go, maybe. And I'm like, oh, well, it's a yes or no answer. Maybe. And then I'll be like, did you do colouring? Maybe. It's actually quite annoying. Why can't kids ever remember what they did in the day? I don't know. Is there a reason? I don't know, but it makes me feel like I've already got a teenager when she comes home and that's her response. Yeah. Can we just unpack your day? Like, I, I genuinely want to know what you got up to today. I'm ready to stop asking. Because it's like, how was your day? Good. What'd you get up to? I don't know. 
I'm like, really? <laughs> Not one thing? I can't believe we're there already with I our know. kids. Teddy says, um, I'm like, Teddy, what do you want to drink? I'd like some water, actually. <laughs> like, he just adds actually after everything. <laughs> it's so cute. It makes him sound like a mini man. I know. The other day, though, I will say in the bath, Rafa has got this thing at the moment where she keeps drinking the bath water. Ew. Now, those kids come home from daycare feral. Like, her feet are black yeah. as the ace of spades. Yeah. And then she's sitting there in the bath with Iggy drinking it. So Hubs and I were like, oh, Rafa, don't drink the bath water because it's got Iggy's wee-wee in it. And Rafa then takes a big gulp and swallows it and goes, and Rafa's? <laughs> and we're like, oh, gross. Oh, my God. It's disgusting. Lucky they're cute. Otherwise, you'd put them out with the recycling. Well, I'm semi-tempted to put my kids out with the recycling. Paper or plastic? <laughs> Organic. (laughs) The green bin. I was smug mum for a while, I'll admit it. But you know the bond between Raph and Iggs. From day one, we have not witnessed an ounce of jealousy, possessiveness. Well, Raph has always been cutely and adorably possessive of her brother, where Mm -hmm. your heart just like melts into a puddle on the floor. And I'm like, oh my God, they're going to be best friends for life. But... They've started fighting. Wait, is this your what you don't have time for? Yeah, I, I don't. Oh, let's do the thing. Okay. okay. <laughs> do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? I do not have time for sibling fighting. Ew. Yep. Let's get into it. Oh, God. Well, I'm new to it. Yes. So I feel virginal. Yeah. And confronted. Oh, my God. And devastated. I know. Because Raph has always been doting, obsessive, caring. Like it was her little dolly. Yes. Yeah. But this is the thing. I got such mileage out of that behavior from Rafa because Iggy was immobile. Yeah. I mean, he's 15 months. He's still not walking. Yeah. Not sure when he will, but he's just taken his sweet ass time with everything. And I'm more than happy for him to stay my tiny little baby but even though he's not walking he is still crawling everywhere like a maniac and getting into everything and pulling himself up on things Uh and he's a bit like his sister he's a climber no I've got another climber I know no I picked Iggy up from his daycare yesterday I'm actually so devastated for you I know I've got a double climbing situation oh my god yeah take them on the road circus de Rooney absolutely I picked Iggy up from daycare and I opened the door and he was standing on a table and Bianca, his daycare educator, was like, oh, Gemma, you have another Rafa. No. And I was like, I do, don't I? She's like, Iggy has been climbing everything. And this was the same as Rafa where she learnt to climb before she walked. I can't handle this for you. Yeah, look, it's intense. With Iggy being not mobile yet somehow super climby. Oh. It means that he can get everywhere, but he's become a pest to his sister. So he's getting up in her grill. He is up in her grill. And ticking her off. Big time. Mm. And the thing is, is now that Raph's about to turn three, she's entered this golden age of where she loves doing things like puzzles Mm. and colouring. Independent play. Like, I never thought that day would come. Yeah. It's life-changing. Totally. And so now that she's happy pottering on her own, making pretty pictures... He just, he's like a little terrorist. Yeah, it comes in and fucks shit up. Blows it up, gets all King Kong on her shit. And so she's like, Iggy, no, Iggy, go away. Iggy, mommy. uh." So it's my first experience of that. That tone. Yeah. So I'm so in this right now. Prepare me. What am I in for? 
I wish I had an out the other side story to tell, but we are deep in this. Started about a year ago. Wait, so you're not going to give me any beacons of hope? I'm sorry. I've got nothing but solidarity, mama. So dear listeners, if any of you have kids who are past this stage. Oh my God, please DM us. Yeah, give us all the hope, please. We need it. The problem for us is I have a pretty much four-year-old and a six-year-old. About a year ago when Teddy was three, that's when it really started. Although it started similarly 18 months-ish when he could start to wrestle her. But for me, it's really turned intense. Right on time for lockdown a year ago where they just got in each other's space and it's like this thing where they are pissed off at each other but cannot leave the fight. Like they want to be in the fight. Oh, yeah. They're fueling the fire. Yeah. And I'll separate them and break them up and send one there and one there and they'll find their way back to each other back in a fight because they want to. But you're right. You can't ignore the noises. As you know, I'm a huge fan of work it out in kid court. Like yeah. you guys sort it out. You solve it. I don't need to interfere. But I can't ignore the noises that come out of a full on tussle or sibling fight because it's like, no, don't stop. You're hurting me. Get off me. It's that shrill, annoying tone that you can't ignore. But when I break them up, they just get straight back into it. And Isla will sometimes even say, no, I like it. I'm like, well, then why are you screaming? No, get off me. I hate you. Like She has the awareness to say, oh, no, mum, I like it. Yes. Oh, God, that's so layered and complex. I know. And it's so relentless. But also, how do you remedy that? I don't know. Someone tell me because I just get so fed up and then I become mean mummy. Give me an example of mean mummy. I just crack it and I literally pull them by the scruffs of their neck to different areas of the house and give them an activity and go you're doing that and you're doing that and then of course it's like I want to do Lego I want to do drawing it's like oh my god someone airlift me out of my life (laughs) and take me to the Maldives (laughs) and put a cocktail in my hand I don't know what to do because they're into it they're entertained by it's fun like it's obviously some kind of developmental stage or you know you'll hear this from everyone who's got siblings that the fighting is just constant but is there a difference between fighting and that rough play that tussle tumble UFC (laughs) I guess there's variations you know one variation is at the end of the day when they're watching the episode of Bluey before they go to bed if I sit down in the lounge one of them will snuggle in and cuddle me and the other one's got to snuggle in on the other side now if one of them has a knee over my leg that's taking up more than half the space it'll be like Isla I was here first I'm on mummy's knees get your knee up and they'll start a fight over like the real estate they're taking up on my body. That's one version. Oh my lord. The other version is obviously like a huge rough and tumble on my bed. But that's fine. No, it's all fun and games till someone stacks it off the side and breaks their neck. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it always, always ends in tears. Oh, always. Or ends in like a water bottle getting knocked over on top of all the electrical cables or something like that. Or another one is just like he's got what I want or she's got what I want. Yes. I, I've actually noticed that in Raph when come over yeah because she's at that age where sharing is challenging yep but what kills me are toys that she has shown no interest yeah. in for months yeah and a visitor comes over and goes straight for that toy and suddenly she demands it and then she's got that ownership thing where yeah. it's like but it's mine and it's like but you haven't played with this in six months yeah and they weaponize the like it's mine it's my, it's my, it's my favorite. house it's yeah. my favorite oh. yeah oh get over it kids <laughs> it's so boring but do you have examples of scenarios where you've said figure it out in kid court and they have yeah yeah if I leave it long enough they will resolve it 
just like a tantrum, like we've talked about before. But is it the fact that you're trying to anticipate anyone getting hurt? Often it's that, and it's also, I can't take it. Like, I have a limit Mm. of how much of that noise I can handle before I just lose it. I don't lose it often. No. I'm quite chill. I try and talk to them like grown-ups. I'll get down on their level or whatever, but I'll talk to them like I'll talk to you. you yeah. know, I'll be like, guys, this is really uncool. Other people live in this house. This noise is like really hurting my ears. I'm reaching the top of my limit, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'll talk to them like that. But I'm also fine to, to lose it every now and then because I think it's important that kids know that everyone has their limits. On that topic, what are your thoughts on crying in front of your kids? Do you mean like genuinely crying or like pretending to cry to elicit empathy? Genuinely crying. Oh, I'm fine with it. Why? Well, no, I guess I'm just curious. My instincts are to never let my kids see me cry. Yeah. But I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or should we make crying normalised? Like, it's okay to cry in front of your kids. Kids have this thing where you grow up and your parents are like your hero. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then at some point there's a... Not a power shift, but something alters in their universe where they grow up to a certain age and they might see a scenario where their parents break down and it's really confronting. Yeah. Like I remember the first time seeing my dad cry. Oh, it too. broke me. Yeah. He was crying because his dad had died. Mm. It shook me to my core. Like I was like, but dad doesn't cry. Mm. So I'm wondering, because we all have those emotional breakdowns yeah. as parents oh, yeah. every now and then where you get overwhelmed and it all feels a bit much, or maybe you've just had a row with your partner, which is also normal and healthy. But I don't, I don't agree with having a screaming match with your partner in front of the kids. But like when I was pregnant with Iggy, I cried a lot. Yeah. Because, as we all know, I absolutely loathed being pregnant. Every part of it. Love having children. Do you? (laughs) Love having children. Don't love the monotonous repetition of parenting. You know, the other day, I was wiping a high chair for the third time that day, but the four millionth time in my parental life. And I was like, I don't want to wipe a high chair. Ever again. Oh, my God. Not long and you'll be out of high chairs. I know. But then it's also cleaning crusty food out of the high chair straps and then getting down on my knees and cleaning up corn and peas. How did my life get to this point? Like, I know it's absurd. Of course it is. It's just part of being a parent. But I do struggle with that side of things where I'm like, I fucking hate doing this. Kind of like laundry. I have the same feels towards laundry. You're clearly spiraling. Back to crying in front of your kids. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Is that where we were? Um, I think any human response is fine in front of kids as long as you are honest in the repair. Can you elaborate on yes. that? So I've cried in front of my kids when I've had enough, when I'm sad. They've seen me grieve. They've seen me be frustrated. Again, I think it's totally fine for kids to see that everyone, including adults, has limits. And if those limits are pushed too much then that person can't cope. I think that's great training in empathy and compassion and how to be a good human in society. But what I will do is always is try and sit down and laugh up and be like, well, that was just a bit much for me. Mummy kind of hit her limit, didn't she? Mm. I'm sorry if that made you sad. I'm sorry if that made you upset to see mummy upset. But, you know, we all have our limits. I'll never forget the first time Rafa saw me properly cry. It was when I was pregnant and I just didn't want to be pregnant anymore. And (laughs) this is kind of a sad, but also I can kind of laugh at my own expense at the absurdity of this visual. But basically I had a bath when I was heavily pregnant and I stupidly drained the bath water. And you know when... (laughs) 
And you know when there's no water, you've lost all buoyancy, and then gravity is real. And I couldn't stand up to get out of the bath. And so I was yelling for hubs. But you know my husband, how loudly he plays music. Like, I actually think he is clinically deaf. (laughs) My husband plays everything at crazy decibels that any guest who comes into our house is like, dude, is it a nightclub in here? Like, it's so fucking loud. So I'm like in this bathtub, stuck, heavily pregnant, and I'm like, babe, babe. And he just couldn't fucking hear me. (laughs) It was the first time that I was like, oh, my God. I am trapped. I am naked. So vulnerable. So vulnerable. Eventually, I think he just came around and was like, Jem's been in the bath for so long. And by the time he opened the door and found me, I was in floods of tears. Oh, honey. But he was like, you are right? And I was like, I've been calling out for you for the last half an hour. I can't get out of the bath. Like, beach stairs, bro. (laughs) I was beached as. And then I came out, I was a sobbing mess, and then Rafa was there. It was the first time that she saw me properly weeping, and she was instantly empathetic. And it was the first time I witnessed her empathy, but I couldn't handle it. Mm. My guilt kicked in because all she wanted to do was make me happy. And it was the first time I saw a trait in her of like, Oh no, mummy, mummy, you okay? And then she was trying to like pull silly faces. Yeah, she's trying to fix it. I guess what was confronting to me was seeing her in a situation where she didn't like what was presented mm-hmm. and she wanted to change it. But honey, people get upset. And I know. Rafa's going to get upset in her life. Other people around her are going to get upset. That's just the human condition. We all get upset. I think the quicker that kids go, yep, we get upset and we move through it. That's healthy. I 100% agree, but I guess it's part of my journey as a parent of letting go and understanding emotional complexities of a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old. I mean, we are learning with our children, but I guess it just broke my heart to see her heart broken for me. It was beautiful and upsetting at the same time. Yeah. Feelings are for feeling. That's what they're there for. I think anytime you run or try and protect or hide from feelings, it doesn't usually end well. My Isla can always put words around how she's feeling. And she'll usually come to me and say, sorry, mommy, I was just feeling really overwhelmed. Or sorry, mommy, I'm just really tired. Or sorry, mommy, I just got really frustrated. Mm. And I, I love that. Like, that's one of my most proud parenting things is that she can put language around her feelings. Because I feel like if you can look a feeling in the face and identify it, then you can move through it quicker than if you sweep it away and hide it and push it and try and conceal it. Then you've got to sit in it longer and it's going to out some way or another. So for our dear listeners, what things did you implement early on to help her put language around her feelings? Well, it's not a philosophy or a practice. I think it's just I'm an oversharer and I find it really hard to conceal my feelings. And then I guess, as you mentioned before, you then explain. Always, always we'll sit down and say, sorry, mummy totally dropped her bundle. I'm just really tired because X, Y, Z. Another thing we always say in our house is this is not your problem to fix. And I have to say that to Isla a lot. She's a firstborn. Oh, those firstborns. They're such people pleasers. And I get it. Like, I always thought that too. If my parents were upset or someone was wrong, I would have that feeling Rafa had of like, oh, I need to fix this. I need to make a joke. I need to lighten the mood. But it wasn't my responsibility. And it's not Isla's responsibility or anyone's responsibility to fix someone else's emotional state. You just be there and it, it will pass. 
Actually, I know I talked before about my kids starting to fight for the first time, but I've also seen Rafa beautifully nurture Iggy when he's upset. Yeah. It's funny because I see her parroting what I do. Yeah. So she'll be like, it's okay, Iggy, shh, and like pats him. And I know that she's got that from me and it's so sweet to watch. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not afraid of feelings. I think feelings are good get your feelings out. I don't love voice raising though. But maybe you don't have to voice raise if you give yourself permission to just have feelings. Voice raising usually comes at utter wit's end, don't you reckon? Yeah. Like when you've just had enough and you snap. But what about scenarios when it's not directly anything to do with your kids, but more of a partner? I call bullshit if you say you've never had a fight or a tiz or a disagreement with your partner. This sounds like a really strange thing to say, but Hubs and I have learnt to fight well. Mm. Important. And it was a skill that we didn't have early on in our relationship, but it's about learning each other's intricacies, idiosyncrasies, like who needs space, who needs to stew longer in the feelings, Mm -hmm. when is it time to say sorry, and we've gotten to a really good point where we can fight and then we can both apologize and be culpable for fueling each other's fires because at the end of the day it comes down to button pushing right but there was one time where we got into like a bit of a yelling match with each other in front of the kids and we had never done that before and we felt shit yeah it's not a nice feeling it's not a nice feeling but also Rafa energetically picked up on it yeah of course and so we made a deal to not do that again but I guess you always take it out on the people that you love the most. And I'm so aware of my kids' parroting behavior. So Hubs and I are like, okay, we are never doing that again. Yeah. And we're just putting a lid on it and then having conversation and proper open communication with each other after the kids have gone to bed. Nothing better than an afternoon where you're just waiting for the kids to go to bed so you can have an all-out blue. <laughs> Best vibes. Good vibes in the house, that Arvo. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, we had one huge blow up once, not only in front of our kids, but in front of the street. Like we had a huge fight. It was a very tense time. We were about to move countries. There was a lot of shit going down and we were literally having a fight in the driveway in front of both our kids and the street. People were literally jogging past and like rubbernecking, looking at us having this blue. And Isla still remembers it. It was like three years ago. Oh my God. And she still goes, remember that time you had a fight in the driveway? And we're like, all right. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) But you know, again, we said, sorry, mummy and daddy both totally lost it there, didn't we? How'd that make you feel? We're sorry. We're okay. Don't worry. We love each other very much. We're just really stressed out with this situation. I don't know. I feel like it's okay to be human. Mm. That's what I think. No, I totally agree. And I think it's really good, especially for little boys, to see feelings expressed openly and comfortably and then talked about. I think that's really important for little boys. Yeah, absolutely. And traditionally, that modeling comes from their dad or a male figure in their lives. But this just brings me back to this theory I have, that you're just going to be the parent you're going to be. Oh, I'm such a believer in this as well. You can have all the philosophies, do all the reading. Sometimes when you're really grasping and you've got no energy and you need to find techniques like, you know, from Janet Lansbury or whatever, that's really helpful. But essentially, when you look at your children's lifetime, their 18 plus years at home with you, You're just you and you're just going to be who you are. I know, but I love how we try and pre-categorize ourselves as particular mums because I did it for sure. And I know a lot of people, actually, we have quite a surprising amount of dear listeners who aren't yet 
parents. Yeah. And we love it when you guys slide into our DMs. I don't know why you always say it with such an apologetic tone, like, I'm not a mum yet, but I really enjoy listening to the potty and seeing what I'm in for. So awesome. So cool. We're stoked with that. So stoked. And if there's one thing that we can impart to you, it's that don't overthink what you're going to be because nothing prepares you for it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you read or whatever philosophy that you've committed yourself to. As Rev said, you will be the parent that you were meant to be. Yeah. And it's funny, like I've been thinking a lot lately about because people often ask us, how did you know you were ready for kids? Yeah, that's a question that's come up quite frequently. So it's given me pause and I guess I've thought like, how did I know I was ready for kids? And I've got an answer, but then if I really think about it, I don't remember making the decision. That's interesting, isn't it? Because for me, it was instant. Like you cognizantly went, wow, I think I'm ready for kids. Yeah. It like was, in a very conscious thought. I could tell you what cafe I was in. Yeah, wow. That's how specific it was. Wow. I was in Los Angeles at my local cafe and... I remember it so vividly, but this woman walked in with a baby and I couldn't stop staring. Yeah. Like could not take my eyes off this baby. And then I caught myself gawking and I was like, what? And I'm the kind of person who wasn't into kids at all. Was always very career focused, blah, blah, blah. That kind of person. Like I have friends who say I knew I wanted to be a mum from age 11. Yeah, wow. And that that is their life's purpose. And I could never relate to that. Yeah. But that was a marked moment in time where my biological clock went, you're ready. (laughs) Ding, ding. And I think I was also slow burn influenced by you having Isla because that was the closest experience I had to someone else having a child from birth and getting to spend time with them and seeing how challenging it is, but also how much joy she brought to your life. And I think that was a very definitive moment of like, oh, I want what she has. I want to experience that because the bond that I saw you have with your child looked like something that I knew I could never mimic until you're in it. Yeah. And then it's so bizarre that the moment you decide you want a baby, I was like, get one in me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Every day you don't have one is a day too too long. long. And it's intense. You know, they talk about your ovaries are burning. Like, it's true. It's like they're going... Heat-seeking missiles. Yes. But I was with the wrong partner then. Yeah. Dodged a bullet there. Absolutely. I don't feel like there was a moment. There was no... Oh, oh my God, I want kids. I mean, I had that whole thing where I was told I couldn't have kids and that kind of kicked it off for me. But I don't remember a moment of like, and now I want children. Yeah, right. I don't remember a moment of anything. I feel like I'm instinctually fallen through life. I'd agree with that. I think you're very intuitive. I kind of dance down a path after my intuition and just go, oh, intuition leads me this way. Intuition leads me that way. Like it's this little light that I just dance after down a road and then I sometimes get to a junction and I'm like, why am I here? Why am I here again? Dear listeners, something you should know about Revs is she is so easily seduced by new shiny things. Oh yeah, that's true. (laughs) Loves a new shiny plaything, will pursue it hardcore. That's just how You could also call that decisive. <laughs> That's generous to yourself. Come on. I've never take long to make a decision. It's true. Look, I know people who are racked with indecision and I feel like that's tough in itself. But yeah, you're very decisive and once your decision is made, you go after it like yeah. a tyrant. I know, I do. Again, that's just me. I can't change that. That's my personality. That's the kind of parent I am. That's the kind of partner I am. It's the kind of friend I am. It's the kind of person I am. 
that's just who I am. Would you know what? Speaking about how you have found yourself instinctively just following the light of life and where it takes you. Imagine how frustrating it would be for someone whose biological clock has ticked over and they don't have a partner. Yeah. I often think how lucky I am. Yeah. I think dating in the 2020s plus, oh my God, that's so weird that people, sorry, I'm just having a moment, but kids in 50 years time, will they be referring to this as the 20s? Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. Because for us, the, the 20s, 20s is, is the like 1920s. Great Gatsby. But then what will these 20s be? The 20s. That's wild. And I guess they'll start calling what we call the 20s the 1920s. Weird. Anyway. Tangent. Feeling old AF. Uh, so dating in this era. Yeah. Well, I guess I just feel for women who yearn for all those things and are just unlucky in love. And I know there's like options to go it alone. I know someone who's going it alone and I just think how fucking brave. How cool. All power to her. Yeah. I find it so admirable. And her big thing is like never settling. How cool. And she's really stuck by her guns and then she hit an age that she decided, well, if I'm not partnered up by this age, I'm going to fly the parent flag solo and she's doing it. And I think, good on you. How cool. Cool. Yeah. So she got eggs that she's getting fertilized. She got donor sperm. How awesome. Yeah. I'm so into that. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I have big respect for anyone who can declare what they want from life and not budge on it. Totally. I know someone who was with someone for a while, really wanted to get married. He was in no rush. And she said to him, look, if you don't want to get married, that's fine. I'm happy to break up. I don't want to. I'd really like to marry you, but I need to be engaged in the next 12 months. If you can't do that, that's fine. We'll go our separate ways and we'll both recover. But if you want to marry me ever in the future, you need to propose in the next 12 months. Now, a lot of people would label that an ultimatum and think that's really toxic or think that's pushy or all the things we've been conditioned to think. I think respect. Same. Declare what you want. Don't just wait around for someone else to forge out the path of your life. I think that's amazing. I guess sometimes men suffer from a bit of inertia. Yeah. (laughs) Or Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah, yeah. When they have the idea of, yeah, eventually get married and have kids but just don't want to get on with the process of it the way women do but they really don't have that ticking clock like men can become fathers for the first time in their 80s yeah gross (laughs) (laughs) so gross no judgment (laughs) but it's true yeah whereas women we literally have a window yeah and if that window's gone it's gone yeah i would have definitely frozen my eggs if i hadn't had a partner i am so proud i've got three girlfriends who have gone and got their eggs frozen. Amazing. And you know what? The process of that is so invasive. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. Like, I can understand why people put it off or put it on the to-do later pile. Yeah. But I'm so proud of them for taking the initiative to just getting it done and prioritizing their finances. Yeah. When they eventually settle down with their partners, their partners should be paying that off. (laughs) Yeah, they should pay it back as a thank you for that smart investment that you made in our future before we even met I'll pay you back for that (laughs) sounds convoluted (laughs) don't take that to court I don't know I'm just a big fan of people taking charge of the path of their life I think it's cool yeah ad break gotta keep the lights on DLs you're not gonna want to skip this one as we have one of the biggest discounts we have ever procured for you from this awesome brand I am extra excited about today's sponsor because DLs 
As you will know, this started out as my not spawn. And now it's spawn. How good. Okay, so on your reco, I've started using wild natural deodorant and then wild came to us and asked if we wanted to try the full range. So obviously we jumped on that. That's right, DLs. Consider us your natural body care crash test dummies. Mm -hmm. So I've been using wild deodorant for nine months now and I love the change. My motivation for stopping using regular store-bought deodorant was the aluminium and parabens. Mm. I mean, we use deodorant every day, so Mm. I want to try and avoid all the harsh chemicals as well. Wild's whole thing is that it's all clean and natural. Did your body adapt straight away? Did it take a minute? Okay, so you do need to give this a couple of weeks, okay? okay? There is an adjustment period like anything natural. So my recommendation to you, Revs, was Mm. definitely to give it a full fortnight and then decide how you like it. Okay. You did, but for me it's been pretty seamless. I will say I'm not an overly sweaty girl, but I have always used strong deodorant and, frankly, it's just time to get off the chemicals. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm loving the switch. I found it really easy and the dispenser is really gorgeous. The user experience, just great. Have you got a go-to scent? Oh, babe, I'm all about the fresh cotton and sea salt. Mm. I will say they have got this new Rainforest Oasis scent that I'm keen to try. I am using that one and it's dreamy and it comes in the body wash too and I'm always auditioning body washes. So far, I am loving this one. Rebsy, do you love how you can choose your deodorant Mm. case Mm colour and just pop in the recyclable refills? You know, it makes doing the right thing for the environment feel very nice and bougie. Obsessed. Loving the shampoo bars too because I'm always cringing at the waste in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And of course... All wild products are vegan and cruelty-free. So do something for the planet that your future self will thank you for and check out Wild today with 25% off your entire order. Use code NOTIME, all caps, no space, at the checkout. 25% is huge. Yeah, it's actually the highest discount Wilder offering in Australia and it's exclusively for you, DLs. Go to wearewild.com and use code NOTIME at the checkout for 25% off. Enjoy. Do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for, Revzy? Not knowing where the hell to shop for the stage of life we're in. Please elaborate. Uh, <laughs> Please elaborate. <laughs> so I know where to go to buy professional clothes for work. That's easy. Can find professional stuff, right? Activewear, fine, sorted. So I can be like a slobby mum at home or a professional mum at work. Where do I shop yeah. for when I just want to look really nice on a casual weekend or a day when I'm working from home? I'm too old for fucking glassons and like tits out everywhere, legs out everywhere. Everything's too short for me in those kind of places. No, do you know glassons? A few years ago, they were nailing the linen market. Yeah. And I remember the good mum was like, babe, have you been to glassons? I was like, I never go into glassons. And I went in and I spent so much money and bought so many great linen basics that were like smart cash that you could dress up, dress down. Yeah. And then... I went back into Glassons and I felt like I was walking into the club. Yeah, it's the club. It's all tits and bum cheeks. And everyone who worked there looked about 14. And like, I feel like I've aged out of cotton on and all these staple places where I used to go to grab cute outfits for just like every day. I don't know where to go and I don't think there is particularly a market for like mid-30s mums who don't want to be mumsy. Like mumsy clothes, so easy to find. I can find a million basic t-shirts and mum jeans and sensible skirts. What about assembly label? Here's the thing. I don't want to look like mum uniform anymore. What's mum uniform to you? You know, like jeans and a 
a nice cut t-shirt, pair of sunglasses and a nappy bag. Jeans? The last time I wore jeans was pre-kids. No word of a lie. Okay, so then leggings and a (laughs) t-shirt. Just swap the jeans out for leggings. But, like, I want to wear a cute dress with, like, some nice shoes or, like, cute little flirty tops. And I don't know. I can't even tell you specifically. I need someone else to design it and put it in front of me and then I will buy it. (laughs) I can't tell you exactly what I want, but I don't want to look dowdy. I don't want to look mumsy. I can't bust out the professional vibe. I just want to look, like, cute and chill. Where do I shop? I don't have the answer. I know. I've asked a few people and no one really has the answer. Like the answer is usually, well, you trawl somewhere like Zara or ASOS for something that feels remotely kind of like it would work for you. But it's a whole process. And guess what? I don't have time for that. I feel like I've hit a stage where I really desperately want to come out of the mumsy phase. I feel like I've been there for seven years. And finally want to start having some personal style and looking like myself and feeling like I'm my own person again. Do you feel this? Yes. And do you know what? I'm getting hardcore flashbacks to Ep 1. Are you? I remember in Ep 1 when you just arrived at, I just need to be more put together. Yeah. Look, I am happy to declare that I am deep in the trenches and my entire wardrobe is every shade of loose-fitting frock. Oh, babe, you are deep in it. Yeah. You are like queen mumsy. You are flying the flag for the Dowdy Park mums. Hey! <laughs> it's fine. I've been there for seven years. I don't feel dowdy, but Sorry. I feel like shapeless. Sorry, like you. I'm wearing shapeless dresses and I have one in every colour and every print. Yeah. And somewhere under there is like the banging babe you always have been. Do you know what I mean? But I understand. I'm still searching for her. No, but she is. But And it's not important. It's just how you feel, right? I can't wake up in the morning and chuck on bloody activewear leggings and a stripy t-shirt one more time without being like, when's this going to (laughs) end? Like, when am I going to have some personal style? It is something that I have also been actively aspiring to, yeah. but don't have time for it. Whereas you're like, yeah, come on, I'm who's, done. who's I'm selling done. it? It's like when I looked at my top knot, my mum top knot, and I was like, that fucking top knot has been there for six and a half years what? and it's going. It's got to go. I never want to see a greasy top knot on my head ever again. That's my identity. I know. I mean, we even have a memoji <laughs> of me with a greasy top knot. That's what I'm saying, babe. You're deep in it. So are you telling me that there's going to be some point where I emerge out of this deep in the trenches fog and I'm going to suddenly want to do my hair again? Okay. Think back to your own mum. I remember my mum in her 40s was like this banging stylish babe. Her style icon was Princess Di. Oh, my God. Whose wasn't? (laughs) Right? But she had the cool haircut, the great jewellery. She had these chic outfits, great bags. High-waisted jeans, cute slides. All the 90s vibes. But she was like a hot piece, right? I feel like there comes a point in motherhood where you just go, you know what? Enough. I cannot blend into the couch anymore. I need to have a little bit of personal style. But you just answered your own question. Did I? Because you said when your mum was in her 40s, so maybe that's it. Maybe it all comes down on us in our 40s. That's five years away. No, I know. But (laughs) hey, that's midlife crisis right there, right? That's half of 80. That makes sense to me that we'll hit our 40s and then suddenly we're like fucking done with being mumsy. Done with being dowdy, 
done with wearing moo-moos and covering this body and bloody maternity bras i'm a do shit about it like i still have undies in my undie drawer from when i was pregnant same i gotta throw that shit away i want cute undies again oh no i'm attached to my maternity undies wait what yeah i love them why yeah there's no going back I feel bad for my husband because they're so unsexy. So I used to wear these cute Bonds bikini cottontail undies, sure. but now I'm all about these giant high-waisted Bridget Jones undies, <laughs> and I just can't foresee a situation where I'm ever going to be able to part with them. Oh. We've got a mutual school friend who, all through her pregnancy, still rocked a G-banger. Yeah. Loved it. She's fucking hot. Yeah. Like, she rocked tight-fitting, short bodycon dresses through her entire pregnancy. High heels. Love it. All the bling. Great. I mean, Elkie, if you're listening, (laughs) you're a fucking babe. You're a fox. Yeah, and look, I don't have innate foxiness like Elkie. (laughs) But Do you love how I didn't correct you on that? No, your silence was deafening. (laughs) But I do like to think I can, like, have a bit of personal style. And I want it back. On my weekends. Yeah. See, I need mental space to even care. That Yeah. And I so feel that. Like, I'm not so there for yet. seven years, I've been in a place where, like, the last thing I can freaking think about is an outfit. Yeah. I can't be put together. I'm not at that stage in life. Hence the shapeless frock scenario on repeat situation that I'm in that I'm okay with. Yeah. Of course. It's all okay. It's just that I'm itchy now to, like, get out of this dowdy phase. Like, remember when I used to show my boobs off? Yeah. I haven't had a top that showed any cleavage in freaking forever. Well, get on with it. Yeah, but how do you even do it? I don't even know if I have a bra that would work with a top <laughs> that would show cleavage. Like, it's been so long. You need a makeover. I need a 90s high school movie makeover. Total glow up. I need you and Liv and Claire to sit on the bed and, yeah. like, hold up scorecards for the outfits that I try on. <laughs> and I need to completely emerge as, like, a hot mum. Yes. You need a capsule wardrobe. Yeah. That's my dream. We're sitting here recording in my wardrobe yeah. and I do not have a capsule this is wardrobe. the opposite of a capsule. This is like a clusterfuck of a wardrobe. <laughs> I know. It's like gingham on gingham on gingham on linen. On floral. <laughs> I call your look beachside mumsy. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Yeah. Oceanic maternity. I like it. I'm fine. Sad, sandy mum style. Why sad? <laughs> Fuck you. Sultry ocean mum style. Sure. (laughs) So sultry with your high cut maxi dresses. If I went up to my husband and said, babe, do I look sultry? I think he would spit his food out right into my face. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what's annoying me is that he's looking really fit. You know what? Sorry, but he is. I know. I noticed. I know. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Having a bit of a glow up. Like, In hot- fact, a lot of the dads are looking hot lately. Yeah, what's going on? What the fuck? I mean, he's getting all George Clooney while I'm getting all Golden Girls. On <laughs> GP. I've been, like, suspicious of him. I'm like, who are you trying to get hot for? <laughs> the thing is, they didn't go through the big change. They never had to go dadsy, yeah, did he's they? Not- well, he's supposed to have a dad bod. Yeah, what the hell is he playing at? He, he did for a little bit, but oh, then yeah. he's really trimmed down. And the thing is, look, if I'm really honest with everyone, dear listeners, it's because I let him surf yeah, like 20 hours a week and he's just getting fitter by the minute and I'm just getting sadder by the day. <laughs> <laughs> look, he's a fox. He's Shut, a total babe. I'm not okay with it. Well, just take one for the team. So why don't I want to jump his bones? <laughs> and we're back to this. I know, but like, I love my hubs to bits. And he is a babe. But do you know what? I'm just, we don't need to rehash the sex episode. If you want to go check out the sex episode, it's episode number 15. 
go and feast your ears on that. But in short, it's not that I'm not attracted to my husband. It's just that I'm fucking touched out. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to be touched at the moment. And you're a dowdy motherfucker. <laughs> Calm down. I got really stung. <laughs> I'm dowdy too. No, you're not. I don't believe you when you say that at all. I am. You think I you're am. cooler than me. I do not. You think you're cooler than me. <laughs> you do. Look at you. You've always been cooler than me. Oh, pff, whatevs. Oh, you have. But you're just in the young kid sack dress stage. <laughs> Leave and my sack dresses alone. No, I love your sack dresses. But you know, they can't last forever. <laughs> or can they? Oh, uh, I feel like we're such a contradiction because we're like, it doesn't matter what your size and shape and how you blah, 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 blah. I want to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's problematic. But you know what? It's where I'm at. I get it. I think I need to create some mood boards of like, like hot women in their 30s and 40s who have incredible style and like pull out what it is I like about that and then implement that into the... I was going to go have a nap. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say I completely tuned out for a second. It's like way too much effort and I don't have time for it. <laughs> I think it's a thing of our generation to be okay with being slobby. Like, my mum would never leave the house not looking, like, done. Really? No, she wouldn't. She always looks respectable. Like, she may go for a walk in the morning without makeup on, but her hair wouldn't be, like, a greasy slick fest chucked in a knot on top of her head. Whereas I often drop my kids off with, like, dirty hair, no makeup, in, like, the slobbiest activewear, my husband's T-shirt, and it doesn't really phase me, or it hasn't phased me. And I think I'm starting to be like... I don't think I want to be that hot mess anymore. I realise that this will be quite an unrelatable story, but as always, just like to try and speak as honestly as possible on the potty. But when I am in peak slob phase, like I'm talking greasy top knot, wearing active wear, but not like trendy active wear, like my shit back of the wardrobe active wear that's like a couple of sizes too big because it's what I wore during pregnancy, but then it equals maximum comfort and I don't even care. No makeup pimple on the face actually take that back bit of smudged mascara from the night before because I was too tired to wash my face haven't cleaned my teeth yet do daycare drop off and then run into someone who's like recognizes me oh no I know but this is what I mean by I apologize if this feels like an unrelatable story because I I realize that a lot of people in the world don't get recognized in inverted commas but if I'm really honest yes I do get recognized I used to get recognized from my days working on neighbors and now I get recognized for Instagram I become so self-conscious because I'm like oh my god I must look nothing like what I project (laughs) on my socials because let's be honest I'm not one to doctor my images love a filter on stories love a filter but you know what I missed the whole app dating thing I was very lucky hubs and I obviously have a long-standing history from our childhood so I didn't have to like meet him in this modern day age of dating but I feel like if I went out into the dating world and there was tinder if they stalked me on socials and met me in real life they would be so disappointed so disappointed yeah it's like who dis bitch (laughs) and why hasn't she brushed her teeth (laughs) (laughs) no you'd make more of an effort the thing is you don't have to make an effort because you've caught your husband you've got your kids your life's all sewn up Effort over. Shut it down. And that's why I said I'm suspicious of Hubs. Oh. Because he's looking so good. I'm like, 
who are you trying to impress? Because Lord knows I ain't trying to impress you. No, I reckon this is a thing that happens to men too. Because like my brother-in-law, he's gotten really fit in the last few years. And like, it must be a 40s thing. Hubs isn't 40. Yeah, but we're cresting the 40s. No, no, no. Okay. (laughs) I need to talk this out. (laughs) Denial. No, I'm not in denial, but I need to talk this out. Mid 30s for me is 36. 37, <laughs> okay. 38. That's late 30s. No, no. Late 30s is 39. <laughs> and then you're 40. You Talk. know the definition of mid is halfway point? Yeah. We are 35. That is officially halfway through 30. Wait, I'm not okay when I turn 36 in December. Late 30s, babe. Not. <laughs> No, it's mid-range. No. <laughs> it's the mid-range. Mid is not a range. Yes, it is. The mid-numbers. You conveniently left 35, which is the age you are, out of your analysis. <laughs> when I was 34, I was still saying early 30s. That's okay. That's possible. 34, last day you're ever young. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm 38, I'm still going to say mid-30s. But you'll be wrong. <laughs> no. Utterly in denial. 38 is straight up late 30s. I know. <laughs> Just let me live in denial. Now, I'm pumped for 40s. I reckon 40s is going to be peak. I can't wait till we're still recording this potty in five years' time and you've hit 40 and the title of the episode is I can't get my shit together. <laughs> I'm a hot mess. And I'm the one who's like, you're just going to be who you're going to be. That's just me. And then I'm like, but I'm going to change it all. (laughs) Cut to 45. And I'm like, I just can't get my shit together. Hey, is it charming? Tell me it's charming. Tell me it's charming. (laughs) Say something. I just had to leave you hanging there. Oh my God. I love watching Rev squirmy worm herself into a corner. Uh, so have we lost it? Yes, we've totally lost it. We have. Oh, actually, there's something I want to bring up with you. Yeah. I've got a plan for Mother's Day this year. Yeah, talk it up. And we need to rally the girls. Okay. So historically, all our husbands, collective, have been pretty shit with Mother's Day, haven't they? Agreed. No one's really nailed it ever. Agreed. And we've, as previously discussed, quite easy. We're quite basic. Love chocolate, love candles, love wine, love roses. Basic shit general small amount of effort and thought yep not hard to pull off however somehow they just struggle thank god there's daycare to give us a weird craft card <laughs> from the bottom of the school bag that says i love you mummy happy mother's day and some weird poem off pinterest but i've decided this year we have to take mother's day into our own hands i am here for this So here's what i propose Spend the morning with the kids and the family. I feel like I'm reading your mind here. Keep going. I know where this is going and I am here for it. Get breakfast in bed, the sad daycare card, Dervo flowers or whatever the husbands have conjured up. And then 12 o'clock, we get ready and we go for a long <laughs> girls, girls lunch. lunch. Yes. yes. And that's our Mother's Day gift. To ourselves. To ourselves. And we don't have to be home for bedtime. Nope. Kid-free day. So we've had like, you know, oh, yes, I'm a mother in the morning. And then out we go for our present. Ooh, I've got a few places in mind. Okay. There needs to be wine. There needs to be seafood. There needs to be a view and some water close by and all the fabulous things. I know the perfect place. Okay, great. And it's just girl on girl on girl on girl. Yes. Yeah? Look, 
Girl time is my mental health. Yes. Spending time with my school friends is tonic for my fucking soul. Absolutely. So I can't think of a better way to spend Mother's Day than being with my gal pals. All right. I'm going to head this up. Yep. Happy to be creative lead on this one. Oh, are you going to be class parent? Yeah, I'm going to be class captain on this Self-nominated one. Self-nominated at all. nominated Always here for a girl's lunch. So I will rally. Yep. I'll make the booking. Done. Done. I'd encourage anyone out there to consider doing the same. If you're worried about a disappointing Mother's Day, take it into your own hands. Oh, but a thought just popped into my head. Your own mum? Yes. Mm. Hey, our mums (laughs) listen to the podcast. (laughs) Okay, I go. Why don't we organise breakfasts with our own mums? Great. And obviously, huge shout out to anyone who won't have their mum this Mother's Day. Always a really tough day. We need to think about what we can do to surround those beautiful mamas who are missing their mums with love and self-care on the day as well. Yeah. All right. I feel like it's not spawny time. Shall I go first? Because I've got a great one. Go on then. Okay. It's Beach Toys. Ooh. It's called Sand Pal. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, and it's this really cute set of moulds that you take to the beach that makes bricks of all different shapes and sizes and little turrets and roofs and like little building blocks so that you can make epic sandcastles. And I hear that it's stackable, so you yeah. can stack a sand brick on top of a sand brick. Well, you know, you got to get the good sand. There's a whole method to making a great sand castle. I'm quite into it. Maybe I could start a YouTube channel. But anyway, <laughs> it just keeps my kids so preoccupied on the beach playing for hours with these molds. It's like having a mud kitchen, I guess, but with sand. You could, of course, use it with mud too. But it's these really cool brick makers and shape makers that can build these sick sand castles. And it comes in this little waterproof aerated backpack sack cute so you chuck it all in there you can literally run the whole bag under the tap to get all the sand off and then hang it up to dry and you don't have to get out all each of the toys and rinse them and you know all that sort of thing it's light enough that the kid can wear it on their back and carry it to the beach because you know going to the beach with kids is like packing for a week away yes so this is like a simple cute fun toy that makes a beach outing a little bit more relaxing for the parents so remind our dear listeners where you can find them i got it online sand pal i'll put a link in the show notes you know this is my favorite thing about modern day business is people can start businesses on anything and become super niche yeah and i feel like disrupting the sand bucket industry yeah. is so cool like so literally cool. someone went you know what we can, do, this better. We can do it better yeah. and came up with sand pal so cool big fan assuming i loved it on my holiday i'm sure it gave me hours of relaxation on the beach Okay, I'm going to do a bit of a different hashtag, not Spawny. Okay. I'm doing a bit of a roundup of my favorite brands of kids' clothing for the moment. Okay. I love to trawl the internet for kids' clothing brands. Yeah. We know that I've got my palette. Yes, give me shit, give me shade, give me all the things. Hey, you've Fine. done it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't pick a favorite, so okay. I thought I'd do my current top three. Great. The reason why I want to elevate these three specifically is because they're not cheap fast fashion. Okay. But they're really backed up by their quality. Great. Love it. Like I bought stuff from, I'll mention the first brand, is Mian and Co. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how much I wash it, it just holds. Wow. And the pieces are so beautiful. And what I love about them is that everything from Mian and Co that I got for Rafa, 
I am now passing down to Iggy and it's all their delicious winter knits. Lovely. And they have stood the test of time and Iggy's going to get a second wear out of them. Yes, it's in all the palette, the terracotta tones that I'm obsessed with that are very gender neutral. Yep. So it transfers beautifully from my daughter to my son. Goes with everything. So check out Mian & Co. Mm Mm-hmm. My other f- two favorites are Allura, the label. Now, you know Allura, Revs. Yes. They do the most romantic, feminine, but without being like pink for yeah. girls. Yeah. Palette of beautiful clothes. And their latest knit collection, I mean, I'm eyeing it off right now, is Divine. And the third is Grown the Label, which oh, is a love, Melbourne brand. Love Grown. Huge fan of Grown. So if you're looking for beautiful winter knitwear yep. that is going to last multiple children, then I recommend those brands. Putting them in the show notes, but it's Mian and Co, Illura the Label, and Grown Clothing. And we'll tag it on Insta too for easy access. I feel really greedy sharing three hashtag not sponsors. I mean. But I know. Calm down, Jem. <laughs> Cue the outro. Leave us a review on Apple And subscribe on Spotify One of these days we'll have a not-so-thirsty outro Love you Love you guys Our dear, 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 dear listeners Oh, someone cut her off